Friends, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to uh, edition number four of That That Didn't Happen by by Accident. We are so glad you joined us today. Um, We want you to know that you can find this show um, and be able to listen to it on iTunes and on the Google Play Store. And you can also visit our website, um, tdhba.com. tdhba.com. Real simple, real easy, because we want to hear from you. We want to know uh, how you're enjoying the show. We want to be able to connect with you. We want to be able to answer your questions. Um, we think we got a great show for you today. We really hope that uh, we can dive in, because today we're learning, we're learning about uh, and talking about DNA and health. DNA and health. Wow. This is a deep subject. We... Um, we just want you to buckle in and get ready uh, to take this ride with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week, or last show, we did uh, hearing and balance, and we talked a lot about the eighth cranial nerve, how that didn't happen by accident. You got one on the right, one on the left. Mm-hmm. Part of the hearing, uh, part of the auditory nerve is hearing, the other part is balance, so it's called the vestibular auditory nerve. Extremely beautiful. Yes. And didn't happen by accident. Right. So... Today, um, we're going to start with a few a few passages out of the Bible, God's Word. This is what God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. He said, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's what he said. That's what he said. Yeah. And then Psalm 104, verse 24 says, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Mm. Hmm. So mm. we're going to define a creature in just a minute. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Not like Ernest T., right? No. Creatures. <laughs> <laughs> no, what a great show. My goodness. That was Mrs. Wiley called him a creature. That's right. She did. When he said, how do you do Mrs. Wiley? <laughs> I'm sorry. Just a big Andrew Griffin fan, by the way. I don't oh, know if you know that. I'm sorry about that. Oh. All right. Back to the Word of God. Amen. <laughs> uh, this next one from Psalm 103, 1 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Here we go. Here we go. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Very interesting that it says he, he's the healer. The, mm. the only healer that's ever existed is God himself. He's the one who puts health and wellness in our body. And because we live in a sinful, fallen world, mm. it doesn't last. Thanks to our federal head, Adam, we live in a sinful world. Yes. But if there's ever healing that's going to take place, God is a healer. He uses people. Yes. He uses doctors and medicine and chiropractic or whatever he uses, yep. acupuncture. But he's the ultimate healer, so we'll talk about that. In okay, a sounds bit. good. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. All right, there's a couple definitions here you're going to read for us. Okay, creation uh, is the action or process of bringing something into existence. That's right off of Google. Mm. Uh, creature... Uh, is defined as something created, either animate or inanimate. Hmm. And that's from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary Online. And health, from Dorland's Medical Dictionary, is a state of optimum mental, physical, and social well-being, not merely the absence of disease or Hmm. infirmity. State of 
mental, physical, and social well-being. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to read something real quick out of an edition of Origin uh, of the Species uh, that the Origin of Species uh, that was put out by our good friend, um, um, not really our good friend, but someone that we like and admire, Ray Comfort, um, and he did a. What would you call this, Jeff? A 50-page introduction. 50-page introduction that they handed out on... Um, college campuses all over America at the 100th anniversary, or maybe the 150th anniversary yeah. of uh, Charles Darwin's book, Origin of the Species. Yes. And, yeah, so, and they gave it out away for free with a long introduction about who Charles Darwin was and how he shaped his theory. Yeah, yeah. And there's this really cool piece in here that uh, kind of launched off... Um, how we're going to, um, uh, you know, are talking about this today. And uh, it's talking about the DNA code. Darwin's theory of evolution is not without its difficulties. Even 150 years later, scientists have yet to supply adequate answers to what critics claim, and Darwin himself admitted are weaknesses of the theory. Following are some of the areas of continued controversy. The DNA that defines every aspect of our bodies is incredibly complex, but in simplest terms, it can be described as a book composed of only four letters. To liken DNA to a book, however, is really a gross understatement. The amount of information in the three billion base pairs in the DNA in every human cell is equivalent to that in 1,000 books of encyclopedia size. It would take a person typing 60 words per minute eight hours a day, around 50 years, to type the human genome. And if all the DNA in your body's 100 trillion cells was put into end, it would reach to the sun, which is 90 million miles away, mm-hmm. and back over 600 times. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. There's a lot of stuff going on in our bodies that scientists over the last... Um, Five years are just now starting to discover, and and, and it is um, a layer upon layer upon layer of this beautiful complexity, but but complexity on the on the other side on the simple side, right? It's just this uh, beautiful way that God coded us and put us together, right? And human beings have a human being code. Yes. Uh, we don't have a monkey code. Right. We don't have a banana code. Right. right. We are human beings. And it doesn't matter how much chicken we eat. Right. I'm quote John MacArthur. Yeah. How much chicken we eat. Um, you can eat chicken for the rest of your life. You'll never turn into Big Bird. It won't happen. <laughs> um, you'll still keep churning up uh, human DNA from, from that. So let's talk about DNA. What is it? Well, for, for the simplest explanation, and we hear so much about it, you know, on television they talk about DNA testing and all this proves that somebody was mm-hmm. somewhere, or that uh, what a paternity test will do with DNA. Right. So what is it? Well, in, in like you read, our, our body's made up of trillions of cells. Our bodies began, life for us began at what's called conception. Mm-hmm. And conception is the phenomenon where the parents two sets of DNA meld together, okay? They come together in a beautiful, beautiful way where an egg is bombarded by the father's sperm. The mother's egg is bombarded by the father's sperm without going into all the detail. One sperm is able to 
penetrate the egg, depolarize the membrane around the egg, mm. which no other sperm can get in but that one. Wow. It's, it's like shutting, the, slamming the door shut in a millisecond, and all of its DNA gets emptied into the to the egg. That is when our life began at wow. conception. Now it takes about two days, forty six hours, for the DNA from the mother and the father to arrange itself into the unique human being that it's creating. Your DNA, Chad, it took about 46 hours for that one cell to divide into two identical cells. That is so beautiful. And folks, that doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. And it, it took almost two days to do that. So the, like you said, it, took, it would take 50 years to type out the human genome if you did it at 60 words a minute, eight hours a day. Well, yeah, just God did all this. It's just amazing. So the DNA is in every cell. It's in the nucleus of the cell. Mm. When you look at a cell, and Charles Darwin couldn't see that when he was younger. Right. He didn't right. have a microscope powerful enough. But a cell looks like something that's either round or square or rectangular or oblong shape. There's so many different shapes of them. Mm. But usually in the center of the cell is where the nucleus is. And it is kind of like Grand Central Station. But it's also like... Uh, an area of manufacturing, okay, mm. and it communicates with the ribosomes, which we can look that up and see what those are, the endoplasmic reticulum, the Golgi apparatus, uh, the mitochondria, and so those are all parts mm. of the cell, but the nucleus is where the DNA, most of it, exists. Some of it also exists in the mitochondria. Nice. All right, so it, it's a molecule that's there. It's called deoxyribonucleic acid. That's a huge word. Yes. That means it doesn't have any oxygen. Deoxy. Oh. And it's a sugar, but it's an acidic sugar. So it's made up of four nucleotides and it arranged in a unique order for each type of organism and each individual organism. So your DNA is different from mine, but it's a human DNA. Right. Again, you're not an apple DNA or salamander. No, a human. And there's DNA in, in the world that's more complicated than ours. Yes, yes. <laughs> One of the things that... Um, that I saw in in reading um, uh, the introduction to this book, one of the things that they were talking about is that uh, DNA is never uh, added to, only subtracted from. Right. 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 And so, and so when it when it when it changes, when it mutates, right. it it will it will mutate, but it there's never any more. Information, right? Yeah, right. You lose information. information you right? lose information. Mutation is always detrimental to an organism most of the time, like 99.999% of the time. Uh, occasionally, it would be advantageous for an organism to have a mutation, but it's extremely rare. And then mutations, most of the time, are deleterious. They kill the organism. Mm. They don't make it more complicated. No, right. they kill it. Right. And we can talk about that on another Charles Darwin show when we're talking about... Uh, all the different icons of evolution and how they're full of lies and all that stuff. Dinosaurs becoming birds, blah, blah, blah. Right. We won't go into that today. So, but we will later. <laughs> okay, so DNA is perhaps the most famous biological molecule, isn't it? I mean, people who have no education have heard of DNA because they see it on TV or read it in an article. CSI. Right, absolutely. And I'm, all of a sudden I'm an expert because I've seen it on TV. Yes, I right. feel like I yes, am. Right. You know, um, but it's extremely complicated and very well known, and uh, some of the essentials are this. Virtually every cell in your body contains a genetic code that makes you. DNA contains the instructions for development, growth, reproduction, and functioning of all life. 
differences in the genetic code are the reason why one person has blue eyes rather than brown, why some people are susceptible to certain diseases, why birds have only two wings, and why giraffes have long necks. Amazingly, if all the DNA in the human body was unraveled, it would reach the sun to the sun and back more than 300 times, as wow. you said earlier. And, and that would be 93 million miles. That's one way to the sun, okay? To the sun and back, 300 times. That's 600 times to the sun. And if you do the math on it, and I did it already, it's highlighted for us, Chad. 55,800,000,000 miles of DNA is in each human body. Wow. Now, that doesn't happen by... Accident... It's just no way. Just can't. Mm-mm. Just can't. Um, so what is DNA? In short, DNA is a long molecule that contains each person's unique genetic code. It holds the instructions for building the proteins that are essential for our bodies to function. DNA instructions are passed from parent to child, with roughly half of the child's DNA originating from the father and half from the mother. DNA is a two-stranded molecule that appears twisted, giving it a unique shape, referred to as the double helix. Like a twisted ladder. Yeah, it's beautiful. Each of the two strands is a long sequence of nucleotides, or individual units made of a phosphate molecule, a sugar molecule, called deoxyribose, containing five carbons, and a nitrogen-containing region. Mm-hmm. There are four types of nitrogen-containing regions called bases. Just going to read this for us. Okay. <laughs> Adenine, cytosine, guanine, and thymine. A lot of means in there, right? Right. right. And, which in, cool. and the I and E chat indicates that it has nitrogen. So a quick aside. Yes. Where does the nitrogen come from? Okay, let me go into this real quick. Go ahead. All right. The atmosphere. Most of the atmosphere that we breathe, most right. of the air we breathe, right. is nitrogen. Okay, nitrogen gets fixed in the soil of plants. Right. Right. They're, they're fixing the nitrogen from the air. It gets locked onto some hydrogen molecules by lightning. Comes down in the form of rain. Gets in the ground. Fertilizes the ground. So an invisible thing called nitrogen that you can't see mm. becomes something that is visible. A plant that you can eat made up of carbohydrates and proteins, and turns into these things. That's amazing. Wow, that is amazing. I mean, so we're literally made out of the air we breathe, not stardust like Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Forget it. The, okay, so the order of these four bases, right, the A, C, G, and T, can we refer to them like that? Absolutely. Is that it? Sure. The order of these four bases forms the genetic code, which is our instructions for life. Four. Four. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. The bases of the two strands of DNA are stuck together to create a ladder-like shape. Within the ladder, A always sticks to T, and G always sticks to C to create the rungs. The length of the ladder is formed by the sugar and phosphate groups. Right. And then, you know, when you when you look at them, chromatin, it's called, and chromosomes. You've heard of chromosomes. Yeah, the difference between a male and a female. Now, for all the uh, people out there who want to say, I'm really a man trapped in a woman's body, mm-hmm. or we're a woman trapped in a man's body, mm-hmm. we feel for those people because yes. they're suffering. Yes. They're suffering. And, and I don't want to make it sound ugly or mean what I'm about to say, but it doesn't matter how much, op- how many operations you have 
right. how many books you read, right. or how many psychologists you go to. Right. Uh, when you've got your DNA is your DNA, and you're either an XX or an XY. An XY chromosome is a male, an XX is a female. Mm. All right, so uh, it's just beautiful in its structure, chromatin and the chromosomes. Most DNA live in the nuclei of cells, and some is found in the mitochondria, which I read earlier. Mm -hmm. um, the mitochondria are the powerhouses of the cell where the energy is basically manufactured. Okay, manufactured. In the energy, yeah. Mitochondria are the, the energy uh, powerhouses, right? That's what this says. Because we have so much DNA, about two meters in each cell, and our nuclei are so, so small, DNA has to be packaged incredibly neatly. Strands of DNA are looped, coiled, and wrapped around proteins called histones. In this coiled state, it is called chromatin. Chromatin is further condensed through a process excuse me, called supercoiling, and it is then packaged into structures called chromosomes. These chromosomes form the familiar X shape, as we can see in diagrams. You can see that. You can look it up. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, and there are some anomalies of DNA that aren't mentioned here, um, where you can have a super female, you can have three X's. How about that? Like Wonder Woman? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Linda Blair. She was a super female. No question. It's Linda Blair. Sorry, uh, just a little uh, superhero humor there for you. Of course, my wife was a whole lot, is a whole lot more super than her. There you go. Um, but um, each chromosome contains one DNA in a molecule. Humans have 23 pairs of chromosomes or 46 chromosomes in total. Interestingly, Fruit flies have eight chromosomes, and pigeons have 80. Hmm. 80. 80? It takes 80 to make pigeons. To make a pigeon. But 46 and, to make a human. And they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. They go around clucking. Actually, they're, they're delicious, I believe. Yes. Yeah, no, and, and, and they can do tricks, and they can... Uh, <laughs> uh, my dad actually raised pigeons for quite a while and uh, loved to let them loose and let them fly. And, you know... They have races, right, where you take them a long way, and they can find their way back home. Right. Which is pretty cool. Homing pigeons, right? Homing pigeons, yeah. Right. Carrier pigeons. Yep. Kind of they used them in the war back in the day, right? right. Put Raise the on them, right? Saved Amazing. a lot of lives. Saved yeah. a lot of lives. Yeah. Pigeons. Who, who would have thought? Now so, when you go to New York and they're just crapping everywhere, it's like, oh! <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to shut up now. No, it costs us money at the car wash. That's <laughs> a good question. One more thing about chromosomes. The first chromosome is the largest and contains about 8,000 genes. Mm. The smallest chromosome is the 21st with around 3,000 genes. Wow. And that's for human beings. Mm. I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's break down and let's take a look at what a gene is. Now, uh, one gene is Jeff's father. Uh, <laughs> he, is a, he is a Ronald Gene uh, shows and chows. And... Uh, and and I've got a Eugene, uh, uh, my dad, uh, Ronald Eugene Smith. Um, so, but that's not the kind of gene we're talking about. Uh, okay, each length of DNA that codes for a specific protein is called a gene. For instance, one gene codes for the protein insulin, the hormone that helps control levels of sugar in the blood. Humans have around 20,000 to 30,000 genes. Although estimates vary. Right. Our genes only account for about 3% of our DNA. The remaining 97% is less well understood. Even in this day mm -hmm. of supercomputers and technology and, and, and science, 
97% is still less well understood. And praise God for the people who are researching this. Yes. Yeah, because they're saving lives doing that. They are. They are. Yeah. 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 Keep going, guys. Because the farther you go, the more you're proving how incredibly complex and amazing and designed we are. Right. Right. Um, The outstanding DNA is thought to be involved in regulating transcription and translation. What that basically means is copying. Because every time a cell divides, it copies what was there before and turns into another cell. Now, um, if I remember correctly, uh, I think we lose about 1.4 million cells a minute are being replaced in our body. And I might be wrong in what I'm about to say, but I don't think so. Um, What I remember is that your heart gets replaced about every 30 to 45 days. Really? Cells are replicating themselves. Cardiac cells, which are very unique. There's no other cell like them in the body. Right. Um, but the, so you get a new heart about every 30 to 45 days. Wow. You get a new lining in your stomach every 30 minutes. What? That's amazing. That is amazing. Through this thing called transcription and uh, just cell duplication. Right. Uh, your bone cells, right, they're called osteocytes. Mm-hmm. They live about seven years. Okay. That's amazing. Now, brain cells, yes. the ones you have right now are the ones you were born with. They do not get replaced. They don't. Nope. They don't when get they, duplicated. Right? Nope. When they die, and we kill them, and then we kill them every day. Right. right. Um, they're, the ones that are left reconnect. That's amazing. And there are many different types of brain cells. We'll talk about that. Yeah, that would be a good episode. Next time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... Yes. So back to DNA. Yeah. We talked about what is it. Now we're going to talk about where it is. And I mentioned that a little bit. In every plant and animal cell, it's located in the nucleus of the cell. Right. And there's a difference between plant and animal cells. Big time difference. <laughs> that's all. That's all it is. It's big time. That's a redneck. No worries. Big time. Big time. Because plants. What do plants breathe in that they need? Carbon dioxide. Thank you very much. And we breathe in oxygen. Yes. We breathe out carbon dioxide. They right. need that. They breathe out oxygen. We need that. So a cell in a plant is different in how it produces energy and how it uses chemicals versus an animal cell. That's the basic difference between plants and animals. We breathe in oxygen. We need it. Breathe out carbon dioxide. So that's where it's located. It's in the nucleus of every cell. Where did it come from? Well, as Christians, we believe man was created on day six. That's where it came from. Yeah. That's where the human DNA came from. And what's interesting, and you can look this up online, is a concept called mitochondrial Eve. Okay? Mm. And it's in the book, Walter Brown's book called In the Beginning, which I have sitting right in front of me, Compelling Evidence for Creation in the Flood. He's got a little bit of a blurb in there about mitochondrial Eve, which is fascinating. But every mitochondria that we have has its own separate strand of DNA, different from what's in the nucleus of the cell. Well, it comes from the mother. And the people groups around the world all have the same mitochondrial DNA, proving that we all came from the same mother. Her name was Eve, and she was created on day six. So that's where the mitochondrial Eve DNA came from, wow. on day six. Now, do I ridicule those people who don't believe that? No, I love those yeah. people. And what's interesting is there are a lot of people in the Christian community who don't believe that right. because they've been deceived. Now, I'm not being ugly, I'm being honest. Okay. These people who are being deceived... To believe something other than what God's word says, who are they being deceived by? The enemy. 
And his name is Satan, Satan himself. Yeah. So we come against all of that That's by right. proclaiming what God's word says. That's right. God's word said we were created on day six. I know there's a lot of people who are going to disagree with us on that. Yes. It's okay. It but when science backs up what God's word says, isn't it beautiful? It is beautiful. It is beautiful. I know there's a lot of people who don't believe that. It's okay. Yes. But our job, and especially on this particular podcast, yeah. is to give people assurance that we can believe what God's Word says. Yes, and we can trust it. We can stand on it. I mean, yes. it's, it is indestructible. Yes. Okay? It's the most attacked book in the world. Yeah. And it is the truth. It is the Word of God. As it was written right. originally by the authors when they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's what we believe. So anyway, that's where it came from yes. on, on day six. I love this one part right here um, uh, on, on where did it come from. It was breathed out by the creator of the universe. It was breathed. Right. God breathed. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, that's literally what he said in, in Genesis, and we read it on the first show. And God said, and God said, and God said over and over and over again. Right. That is the mechanism of creation. Okay, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Did God say or did God breathe in this? Is this is this a different? Did he did he was our were we created in a way not with words but by his breath? Well, all I know is what. The English translation says, I don't know the Hebrew <laughs> word. Uh, well, you had breathed here, so I'm just, well, I'm just... Well, here, here it is. In the first three words in Hebrew, uh, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth, right? It says, Bereshit Barach Elohim. I'm not a Hebrew scholar at all. I'm a redneck from Florence. <laughs> but um, that's what it says. Bereshit Barach Elohim. Now, interestingly enough, Elohim is the name that the Hebrews used for the creator of the universe. Jesus claimed to be him. Paul said that Jesus was him, the creator of the universe. Uh, uh, in Exodus chapter 20, verses 9 through 11, they saw Elohim. The Hebrews right. 24, right. I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 24, verses 9 through 11. Right. It's, it says, they went up, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and it says that they saw the God of Israel. Mm. Please look. Test me on this one, Chad. And the word in Hebrew there is Elohim. Now, my redneck mind goes, well, what did they see? What did he look like? All it says is underneath his feet was a pavement of sapphire stone as clear as the heavens itself. Yet he did not raise his hand against the sons of the nobles of Israel, and they saw God, again, the word is Elohim, and they ate and drank. They had a meal with the creator of the universe. What did he look like? Well, it says he had feet and a hand. Looked like a man. Yeah. So we believe it was Jesus pre-incarnate. Right. Isn't that beautiful? And that we were created in his image. His image. And he breathed it out. He breathed, he it, breathed out. it out. He, he spoke everything into existence. That is the mechanism of, of creation. That's it. You know, evolutionists believe nothing times nobody equals everything. That is their equation. We believe in the beginning God. Right. Now what is more reasonable? I mean, for Christians. Yeah. What is more reasonable? Absolutely. I understand it when agnostics and atheists believe something different. Right. But So so that leads me to this really good passage right here. That uh, Let me follow this up for one moment. Uh, a quick aside. Um, going back to the 150-year uh, edition um, of uh, Origin of Species with the um, Ray Comfort 50-page right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Okay, here we go. Aside from the immense volume of information that your DNA contains, consider the likelihood of all the intricate interrelated parts of this book, this one that I'm holding and reading from right here, right? It's got, let's see how many pages. It's got a little over 300 pages, right? Uh, it's got some margins, the uh, type is, you know, kind of small, but okay. So imagine all the interrelated parts of this book coming together by sheer chance. Critics claim that would be comparable to believing that this publication happened by accident. So, the human being, the world, everything being created and happened by accident is the same as, let's say, this book happened by accident. Right. So, imagine that there was nothing. Okay. Imagine that there was nothing. Really do it. Close your eyes. Imagine <laughs> that there was nothing. Then paper appeared. And ink fell from nowhere onto flat sheets and shaped itself into perfectly formed letters of the English alphabet. Initially, the letters said something like this, F, G, S, N, N, K, space, C, N, I, uh, uh, okay, with a whole bunch of garble. As you can see, random letters rarely produce words that make sense. But in time, mindless chance formed them into order of meaningful words with spaces between them, periods, commas, capitals, italics, quotes, paragraphs, margins, etc. Also came into being in the correct placements. The sentences then grouped themselves to relate to each other, giving them coherence. Page numbers fell in sequence at the right places. Headers, footers, footnotes appeared from nowhere on pages, matching the portions of text to which they related. That would be pretty cool, right? The paper <laughs> trimmed itself and bound itself into a book. The ink for the cover fell from different directions, being careful not to incorrectly mingle with the other colors, forming itself into the graphic of Charles Darwin and the title. There are multiple copies of this publication, so it then developed the ability to replicate itself <laughs> thousands of times over. Come on, guys, right? Right. Come on, right. really? That's really what? That's a great Come point. on. <laughs> you got to be kidding. Right? You got to be kidding, right? <laughs> right? So so DNA. This book didn't happen by accident. DNA didn't happen by accident, right? Um, so let me, let me read a little bit more about DNA, and then, and then we'll come to a conclusion on health after that, okay? We could talk for hours about this, folks. I know. So this is a, from a, the book, In the Beginning, by Walter Brown. Uh He's quoting Isaac Asimov. Isaac said, And in man is a three-pound brain, which as far as we know is the most complex and orderly arrangement of matter in the universe. End quote. That's Isaac Asimov from In the Game of Energy and Thermodynamics. You Can't Even Break Even from 1970. Well, Walter Brown said something brilliant after printing this. Just, just listen to this. Asimov seems to have forgotten that the brain, and presumably most of its details, is coded by only a fraction of an individual's DNA. Therefore, it would be more accurate to say that DNA is the most complex and orderly arrangement of matter known in the universe. Mm. That's amazing. That is amazing. So that's from Walter Brown's book on pages 54 to 55. Um, so check it out, Chad. We'll, we'll end on, on this, on DNA. Um, DNA is a physical thing. 
Right. All right. It's made up, as you read, of these four nucleotides that we mm-hmm. won't name again, um, ACGT. Um, those are physical things, and they carry a code. Okay, so where does the code come from? Where does the instruction come from? Mm-hmm. Where is the power in the DNA? Because guess what? Dead people have DNA. Oh, what? And it's doing nothing. Absolutely what? nothing because they're dead. They have they have all this DNA in them. They've been dead for five minutes. They can go from here to the sun and back 300 times, right? right. right. 600 right. times one right. way. Um, but they're dead. Their DNA is doing nothing. So the DNA isn't what does anything. It's the power in it. It's the code in it. It's the instructions in it. So it's not the instructions and the power and the code are not physical. They're invisible. Wow. Now, we were created in the image of God on day six. So his image is, although we live in a human body, that's not who we really are. Isn't that wonderful? That is wonderful. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to look like this the rest of eternity. You know, no hair anymore, <laughs> and a little bit bigger around the waist than it was. You know, when I was in high school. <laughs> but, but who I am, I'm still Jeff. You're still Chad. Right. You know, and, and so even though the body has changed, you and I haven't. Right. We're still the souls that we were. Mm-hmm. So DNA is physical, but the real power is from God, and you can't see it. Right. It's invisible. Mm-hmm. So, real quick. We're going to just parallel health with DNA, and then we'll be done. Okay. Okay. So what is health? Where is it? Where does it come from? And what does it do? So what what does it say on the next line there, Chad? What is it? Sort of. Function, or better yet, being. 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 Right. So health is function. Uh, And you can read some definitions. And the one I read earlier from Dorland's A State of Optimal Mental, Physical, and Social Well-Being, Not Merely the Absence of Disease or Informity, it's kind of true, but it's, there's a little bit of a lie there. Hmm. So well-being is not health. That's optimum health. Okay. Okay. Being is health. Because you can be sick. You don't have well-being if you're sick. Right. Like your wife's got pneumonia right now. Right. She's having trouble, right? She is. We need to pray for her in yes. Jesus' name. Yes. Um, but so being is a better way of saying health. Hmm. The health of our business. Right. Is it well-being or is it sick? Beings, whatever. So beings, or function is a better way to put health, I think. Webster Dictionary says a state of wholeness wherein all the organs of the body function at 100%. Again, that assumes optimum health. Right. Because I know some people who have one kidney. Yeah. I know some people who have half their lung gone because of lung cancer. So they don't have a lot of the organs that they had before. Or um, a friend of mine just had a liver transplant. Mm. Um, She got somebody else's organ in her body. Praise the Lord, she's still alive. So, how about what was it, what else does it say there about health? Health, the state of being free from illness or injury. He was restored to health, right? Uh, well-being, healthiness, fitness, good condition, good shape, fine. Don't know what that says. <laughs> A person's mental or physical condition, condition right. uh, um, their, their state of health. Uh, bad health might force him to retire. Right. Uh, physical state, physical shape, condition, constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, health. Mm-hmm. So where is it? It's all over your body. Right. Um, you can see its effects, but you can't really see it. Right. Yeah. So it's really kind of a, a state of something. It's a, a state of beingness. Hmm. It is actually the result of function. 
Health is. And health is something we're all going to lose. Right. Physically. Right. Everybody, 100% of humanity is destined for death physically. Right. 150,000 plus people die every day on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And one day it's going to be us. Right. Right. So the best thing we could do in the whole world is contemplate that in a way of thanking God for the life we have now yeah. and for the future we're going to have. Right. Even some of the most atheistic and agnostic people I've ever met in my life. When they start talking about their mama and their daddy yeah. and their sisters and their brothers and their wives and their husbands, and well, he's in a better place. She's in a better place. They'll say something like that. Right. And that's just logical because we know in the heart of man, yes. God says in his word, he's put eternity in our hearts. And as this ministry, the barn ministry teaches, yes. the heart of man is good, essentially, isn't yeah. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, yeah. the Bible also teaches we got trouble with it. That's right. But that's right. Ultimately, when we accept Jesus, right, what happens? He replaces our is this heart a new of stone, heart. right? Takes the start the heart of flesh. Flesh, right? That's right. that's in the book of Ezekiel. I think it's chapter thirty-seven. When he talks about the valley of dry bones, only right. God can do that. Oh, he puts a new heart within us. We give we were given a new being. Yes, we become a new creature. That's Paul in First Corinthians. I believe that's right. Don't quote me, <laughs> but he says that we are new creatures in Christ. Right, right? and right. we believe that. Yes. And as Christians, that's reasonable. It is. To say that I came from a monkey is unreasonable in my opinion. And I can't I can't balance that with the scripture. Yeah. It just didn't happen like that, guys. Mm, no. So where did the state of body function come from? Or did our parents' DNA bring about our body function uh, or our health? Did nothing bring it about like evolution teaches? Nothing times nobody equals everything? What do we believe, Chad? It says the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit brought it about. Right. Our health. And DNA is part of that healthy process. That's right. And that's what we believe. Yes. Yes, we did, friends. Yeah. And we thank you for um, for for being there with us, for listening, for um, for going down this journey with us. Uh, we are so very excited about... Uh, being able to communicate with you and uh, being able to um, uh, bring forth uh, what we believe is the truth about God, um, God's Word, uh, who He is, what He's done for us, um, and what is to come. Amen. We're excited about it. Yes, we are. So next time we'll either talk about the nervous system or... We might talk about evolution in a slide. Okay. But what do you want to do? Okay. Which one do you, would you rather do? You know, I'm loving talking about evolution. I, I've just started reading uh, Origin of Species uh, again. I've, I've read part of it before, and uh, and man, I want to talk about it. I really do. I want to. I want to um, uh, examine um, what it brings to the table and um, how it got. Um, integrated into our everyday life, and 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 why um, why we as a society are choosing to believe um, this lie over the truth, and what can be done about it? Right. Right. Well, uh, uh, how can we teach our children differently? Uh, when my children were young, they're 26 and 23 now. Um, I started uh, diving into this uh, Chuck Colson book. Yeah. What a great book! Uh, he talked about things that I had never even considered before. I was I was just um, I just um, uh, come back to the Lord at age thirty one, 
and and I just had not thought about uh, those things before, and my mind started to open up, and and so that's what we would love to see happen uh, with other people. So um, if there's anyone that you could share this with, uh, anyone that um, uh, you have. They have questions. You want us to be able to answer those? We would love to be able to do that. Uh, we'd like to put together a show full of question and answer uh, that we can uh, speak directly to you guys. And um, and we want to know what's going on out there in your world, some of the experiences that you're having, some things that you're having to deal with, um, some battles that you're fighting, right? Because um, uh, uh, we all have to deal with this with the fruits that evolution has brought along um, uh, in some form or fashion in our life. And so we'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, please send, send us questions or suggestions yeah. for um, show titles, you know, what, what, but... Uh, yeah, there's a form right there on our website at uh, tdhba.com. Okay. Yeah, tdhba.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, just type it right in. So let's do the nervous system in a few weeks. Okay. But next time, let's go over the evolutionary story. Yeah. And what's true about it and what's not. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some truth there. There is some truth there. Yeah. There's some truth that Charles Darwin really did exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, um, remember, God created you. Just like he said. And we'll see you next time. Bye.